Welcome to Reinventing Professionals, a podcast hosted by industry analyst Ari Kaplan, which shares ideas, guidance, and perspectives from market leaders shaping the next generation of legal and professional services. This is Ari Kaplan, and I'm speaking today with Matt Fawcett, the general counsel of NetApp, a Fortune 500 cloud data services and data management company. Hi, Matt. How are you? I'm great, Ari. Thanks for having me. It's a privilege. So tell us about your background and your role at NetApp. My background, not unlike a lot of folks who are general counsels, is that I started off in a couple of large law firms and realized that that kind of practice wasn't the thing that was really driving my career satisfaction. So I made the transition in-house. Originally, I had a very small role at a very large Japanese electronics conglomerate, but that's where I cut my teeth. And over time, I joined a fiber optic telecom company where I got my first shot at being the general counsel. And about 10 years ago, I came over to NetApp as their second general counsel, replacing the person who'd first been there. And my role managing all of the legal affairs of a company that is in transformation is we're transforming to a cloud-based company. And we have a legal team that sits in about 15 different countries and 25 cities all around the world. So we're quite distributed. How has the pandemic impacted your typical approach to managing the company's legal affairs? On one hand, we've always been highly distributed as a legal team. Our philosophy has always been, let's get our people and our resources in the locations where our clients are. So over many years, we've become fairly adept at working together across geographic boundaries, across time zones. It's something that from day one, we talked about knowing how to pass the ball in the dark to each other. And in that sense, with the pandemic, I think we've adapted fairly well. But on the other hand, I think what it really does is it has double underscored the critical importance of being excellent at distributed working, not just as a team, but also in support of our clients. So we are highly focused on becoming even more digitally optimized to support the company that's going to be in a work from home dominant model, at least until July of 2021. So congratulations on your 10th anniversary as NetApp's general counsel. Thank you. It's not something I would have anticipated when I started NetApp 10 years ago. To mark the occasion, you shared a LinkedIn article featuring the advice you would have found valuable when you started. What inspired you to write that? I suppose there's something perhaps cliche about reflections on 10 years, but I never got to do that before. So I wanted to take advantage and play to the cliche. But as you probably know, I'm not prolific, but I like posting my thoughts around leadership and management on LinkedIn. I've got dozens of articles. And frankly, for me, that's my creative outlet. I've always been someone who really enjoys writing and thinking about how teams work. So it was something that would become normal in the course of just being at NetApp for a long time and a chance to put something up there and 10 years seemed to mark a good occasion for that. You noted in your post that you have designed and implemented a new approach to delivering a company's legal services. What was the challenging aspect of doing that over the years? Probably the biggest part of that for us is really changing mindsets of people on the team in terms of how we want to move forward. And as any of us who are lawyers or work with lawyers know, it's a very conservative style of working. It's often a risk intolerant style of working. And we want to try a different approach and see if that would be a better way of serving our clients. 
getting folks to embrace a little bit of ambiguity as we went through a transition was incredibly hard. Getting folks to try things that might not work, be willing to fail, is very difficult because lawyers and legal departments pride themselves on intellectual depth, on accuracy, on completeness. And in order to make this transformation, we had to get messy and we had to embrace ambiguity and frankly to become a learning organization as opposed to a knowing organization. You have to cross this chasm of deep insecurity. I think the biggest challenge has been mindset shift and maintaining that through transformation. Can you share some of your favorite pieces of advice from your article? Maybe the first one is that if you are coming to be a change agent, you can intellectualize how challenging the change will be and how hard it will be to drive, but until you're doing it, you don't necessarily really appreciate it. It's almost like having a newborn child in your first child. You can think in your head, I know this is going to be hard because it's going to be long nights and we're not going to get sleep and we're going to be tired for a year. But knowing that and then actually experiencing it are two different things. The change aspect can be really, really challenging and it can tax you emotionally and tax you physically and personally. So you just have to be prepared for a lot of hard work there. On the other side of that equation, the idea that everything is up for grabs and being willing to question anything, it's a really valuable and simple tool for, frankly, any kind of executive or leader coming into a new situation. And I'll give you one quick example. Very early in my time at NetApp, we were moving our offices from one of our buildings on campus to another building on campus. And like most legal departments, we had a large what we called our legal war room. It's where we kept all of our paperwork and lots of closing books and all that kind of stuff, right? It's our storage room. And the facilities team said, okay, well, we're going to need you to pony up $50,000 because the new building needs steel reinforcing beams on the floor to hold the weight of the paper that's in your storage room. And so the first question was, well, why do we need that paper at all? The response was, well, legal said we have to keep it forever. And I said, well, wait a minute, I'm legal now. Can I make a decision? And we literally went into this storage room and in the course of two days, took tons, I'm being serious, tons of paper and just put it in the garbage can because things just pile up. So it's a very small example, but there are so many things that just accrete over time in a large, complicated company that don't make sense for the future. And the ability to just come in and ask the stupid questions, I think, can really yield major changes for a company. Two of your points were to learn about your company and build trusted networks. How can one best accomplish those goals in this environment? The second one, I think, is probably easier than the first one right now. And the reason I say that is there are so many great tools for people to connect with each other. Ten years ago, there were tools too, but they seem so sophisticated and easy to use and pervasive now just being a general counsel, speaking to other general counsels, there are literally dozens, if not hundreds of general counsel networks around the world that are easy to join and provide access to lots of like-minded people who can really help accelerate things that you're working on. So that's one dimension of it. And then obviously things like LinkedIn are incredible. I've been able to connect with people there and it serves as a great resource. That's a great way, even in a place where everyone's working from home and we can't all go to a conference together. There's plenty of opportunity for that. In terms of learning the company, you know, I think about this because our new president and head of sales just started a month and a half ago. So he starts after being at Microsoft for more than two decades, coming to NetApp and having thousands of people in his team 
all over the world? And how do you figure out who you learn the company? I think the best thing to do is make as many connections inside a new environment as you can and ask lots of stupid questions. Most companies have lots of resources to teach you who they are and how they operate and biz review materials and board materials, so on and so forth. All of that's easy to access and study up, but it's really getting to people and getting to people in different locations and getting to people in different functions. And what Cesar did is the same thing that I did when I started, although I didn't have the travel restriction, is just set up one-on-ones with as many people as you can and just start making connections and asking questions. And by and large, I think at most companies, people want to tell you what's working and what's not working in their patch. And that'll help give you a fuller insight into the way the company operates. You also highlighted the value of speed. How do you move quickly in a law department, but manage the risks of doing so effectively? That's the holy grail, right? If I had the perfect algorithm, I probably wouldn't need to work an 11th year at NetApp. But you know what I think is, and I believe the pandemic has underlined this as well, but we were saying this before 2020 happened, speed is really the currency of a company's success. And if you can eliminate as many friction points in the course of transactions with customers or serving customers, you're going to be doing your company a favor. Having that mindset first and foremost is going to enable your team to go look at all the different friction points that happen in the course of a transaction. And there are lots of them. When we started, NDAs were a friction point because everything was individually negotiated. Now, something like 90% of our NDAs are just done automatically without any human touch. So those kinds of things can help induce speed. And our philosophy is the more of those things we can automate, the more times we can enable our sales team to serve their customers without having to go through a legal knothole or get something approved by us, the better, because then it frees us up to work on some of the things that are truly like heavy duty lifting a complex six, seven, eight figure contract with a customer that's going to be highly negotiated is something that we need time to work on. Enabling as many things to be low touch or no touch is really, it's been a philosophy of our team since day one. Your final point was take nothing for granted. What does that mean for the legal community moving forward? I need to get my crystal ball out and do some projections, but we're all working from home for the most part now. And different people adapted to that with different effectiveness. But if we all assume the status quo going forward is going to be more like what we're in now and less like what we were in a year ago, we have to appreciate what that means for our people. And we have to appreciate what that means for ourselves and our own sense of health and wellness. And at least for my team and for people that we work with around the globe, for the most part, I mean, there are some tragic stories, but a lot of people are doing well. And we need to appreciate that fact because who knows what's going to happen over the next year, the next two years, the next three years. And I think just taking some time to have some gratitude in the moment will help set us up to be resilient as we go through whatever the waves are over the next couple of years. This is Ari Kaplan speaking with Matt Fawcett, the general counsel of NetApp, a Fortune 500 cloud data services and data management company. Matt, it's been an honor. Thank you so very much. It's my pleasure, Ari, and thanks so much for having me. Thank you for listening to the Reinventing Professionals podcast. Visit ReinventingProfessionals.com or AriKaplanAdvisors.com to learn more.